Live inside Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football, it's Cofield and Company. Here Jacobs bounces off to the left. Ball came out, picked up, scooped up, it's a pick six. The Raiders, they go for it, and the Chiefs strike on the first offensive play of the game. It could not have started any worse for the Las Vegas Raiders. Edwards Hilaire is the running back. Toss it to him, trying to get wide to the left. Got a hole, touchdown Chiefs. Their third touchdown of the game. It's embarrassing. Henny hands it off to Gore. Big hole, breaks to the 40, 35. This is a touchdown, this is a touchdown. Nobody touches him. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Oh boy, what a melancholy Monday, melancholy Monday for uh, Brent Musburger and Raiders fans. That was rough, wasn't a complete losing weekend. Our uh, winning professional franchise, major league franchise in town, VGK, got a split. UNLV basketball won, UNLV volleyball, volleyball won. Willie Ramirez is here, it's Twin Peaks on a Monday. We're getting ready for Monday Night Football. We got a bunch of breaking news about the Rams going into this one, so let's do it. It's Trending at 2, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. Rough weekend. Rough Sunday. I'm really glad, just real quick, I'm really glad that you brought up UNLV Volleyball because at some point... Well, I know I, you like to bring it up, so I, I thought I was going to... bring it up yep, before you did. Yep, I was going to go rogue at some point and give a shout-out to the Volleyball Rebels. Why shouldn't we, right? Absolutely. It's the equivalent of the NIT. We would be talking about if the UNLV Basketball or Lady Rebels won the NIT. Very equivalent. Built a, a program from scratch, uh, you know, three four years ago. Not very good. Well, they rebuilt, and, and trending, re- rebuilt, trending in, uh, trending in the right direction. And right now, we've got some other franchises in town, some programs in town that are not. Wow, man, what an ugly day. Well, it started out ugly, and then last night uh, I was at the the pink place on the strip, and uh, is that what it, is, that, is it even referred to as that? Since T-Mobile's logo is pink, I don't know why I called it the pink place. Anyway. Uh, yeah, watch the Raiders early. Watch the Golden Knights last night. Paid attention to UNLV volleyball. As you mentioned, UNLV basketball. Bounce back. Sounds like getting – maybe the Raiders should go outside their locker room and just get really frustrated and yell and show some aggression because it worked for the UNLV running Rebels. If that's actually what happened, which has been poorly reported for about a week now. So. Well, whatever it was that yeah. took place. Not yelled at each other. I didn't say yelled at each other. I said right. yell out of frustration. Get it out. Maybe they did. Maybe they did last week. We don't know. You guys you guys don't have access to stand right outside the locker room, right? Oh, you're saying maybe the, Ra- the Raiders did. Yeah, maybe the Raiders did. Oh, we have did. no clue what the Raiders do. Right. We have no clue. But you're salty. I can see there's still some saltiness. But anyway, before we get to the Raiders in five minutes, let's talk VGK. They got a split this weekend. So if you talk to um, Golden Knights fan, uh, fans on Saturday, they would have been pretty pissed off. That's not a great Flyers team. They got boat race by but they did bounce back against a team that is a giant pain in the ass a traditional thorn in their side they haven't been around that long the nights but minnesota has always been trouble playoffs they got it done last year but uh they came out last night and that was a good game too really exciting game it was a very good game and minnesota as you mentioned minnesota and the la kings have the most wins against the golden knights in regular season play since they've entered the league both with 11 if the Wild would have won last night, they would have had 
the that outright distinction of having the most wins, but they didn't. Um, so yes, they have been a thorn in the sides of the Golden Knights, but um, some inspired play from Chandler Stevenson, some very good play across the board, um, some physical play. We were kind of there. We were talking on press row that it would have been. It would have been good if Leonard either would have gotten a shutout or would have gotten pulled at a certain point. Um, you know, just just to see the reaction. But oh, it's kind of there'll be another situation where just the fans to, get to react to Robin Leonard. So yeah, I think they're going to eat it big time on him. The, the fans that you know were were cheering that he was out of the game a couple games back. Right, and the, and the thing is. I didn't see much on Twitter thanking Leonard or, or, or praising Leonard when he shut down a lot of shots on a five-on-three and then a five-on-four. You know that's not the way it works. No, of course not. Not these fans. Although, you know, in the NFL with the Raiders, you did see a lot of praise and a lot of thanks to Derek Carr. Boy, that is switched, hasn't it? Yesterday, we're going to talk a lot about Derek Carr today and the fan reaction. Yesterday was about as bad as it gets. You heard Brent there on the calls. I mean, fumble. Pretty much out of the gates. Fumbles all over the place. I mean, four fumbles, four lost fumbles. Interception, mistakes everywhere. It looked like, at times, the defense just let down. I don't like to use the word quit, but that was a total disaster. And if you did listen to the game, Brent Musburger was pissed. Yeah. So if there are some goombas in the Raiders organization, he might get kneecapped. Oh, my goodness. Well, we saw that happen in the past with Greg Poppin. Is there a media Goomba? Is there a media Goomba in the house? <laughs> um, and you know what? Did you sense it early? I mean, they, oh, not, I not just the fumble that comes back, scoop and score. No, it was, but could you sense it early on? Could you sense it last week mm, that they were they were going to come out there in a malaise? I'll, let me put it to you this way: because I didn't hear that from you. You know that I write this write sports I betting. I would have won some money if you had told me. No, I I, I would have wrote some sports betting analysis. And here's the thing. I shied away from it, even though it, the writing was on the wall to to sort of to side with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, the way that they've improved, the way that they've been playing, the way that they already beat the Raiders here. But all that stood out in my head was Thanksgiving. And if there's, you know, this was the game that might have been a trap. Raiders show up. They play their best. They stay inside the number, possibly. Did I see... What took place yesterday happening before the kickoff? No. Anytime last there's week? Just, no. There's just no rhyme or reason. None. But by the second drive of Kansas City's, even if it wasn't for – even forget the fumble. 100% it was it was game on. It was like, okay, this game, this isn't even going to be funny. 48-9. to nine. Worst defeat in this rivalry. 48 to 9. And let me tell you, the, the 48 was the freaking cherry on top. That's when you know a team is cooked. When the opposing squad is just trying to run out the freaking clock and the running back looks up and he's like, Red Seas have parted. Let me just run. Touchdown. The 48 was a gift because it could have very easily been 68. Foot off the gas pedal in the second half for the Chiefs? I, well, you'd think, but... Gore and I mean they're just they're trying to run out the clock. They're trying to be kind, and this kid breaks through the through the line. I mean, I saw some of our Kansas City media mates who were like, in the second half, get 
Mahomes, and most of the good players off the field. Were you texting In the Lasorek? second half. Now he's up on Twitter. Oh. Well, I just figured maybe you were, you know. No. No, no. Well, I'd have to be a Raiders fan to care that much. Well, no, just you know like I mean? to, be, to be going back like and a, forth. Was he there? Did he go? And you're tight with some Kansas City media. I watch from afar. It's called Twitter. You can see what's going on. They were very active. Most most of the media people and the fans in KC were very active. Uh, The mayor. The mayor. I think it was shortly into the second half. The mayor tweeted out, let's handle this drubbing. I don't think it was an ass kicking, but I think it was drubbing. I'll have to go back and look at the verbiage. But the mayor said, let's handle this butt whipping responsibly be happy but be responsible so let's i mean you talk about dancing on a team's grave willie before the freaking you haven't even put in a coffin yet you still you're you're still breathing a little bit mayor's like handle this win no worry about a jinx at all handle this win with class stay classy kansas city go blank yourself let's go back to the comment you watched from afar you have twitter so basically, you watched your Kansas, your former, because you you were there for a while, right? No, I was not, never. No, oh, you never. You no, just, I, just, you know, just you're I know the I know some of the jabronis because they used to work here in Vegas. Oh, okay. So, uh, but you watched from afar. But yet, I caught a little backhand from you with the uh, with the with the salty dude. Well, I saw you. you had to throw uh, we have got a lot of Derek Carr to get to. I saw you make a comment about uh, something about Derek Carr and. The question you meant to ask, or the real question, or did I, I you? Know. Did you see? That's what I'm saying. You just went right for the. You went right to be snarky with me. Well, I thought you were being snarky. You didn't even. You didn't even. I wasn't. I was being full. You didn't even bother reading what I wrote. Of course, I read it. To Paul, I'm old. I forget. It's like 18 hours ago. <laughs> well, you are getting up there in yes, age. Yes, I forget um, things. Where is it at? I'm going to find it while you continue to. Try. We're doing a lot of time on the show looking things up. Mm-hmm. Let's clean that up. Where's that? Mm-hmm. Well, I had to, you know. You, <coughs> Paul Gutierrez asked Raiders yeah, quarterback could, Derek Carr if he was surprised. Yeah, keep going. The, We're looking it up. Okay, here it is. Paul Gutierrez asked Raiders quarterback Derek Carr if he was surprised about mm-hmm. the pregame mm-hmm. gathering at the 50-yard line. He said, I always have my teammates back. If that's what we're doing, that's what we're doing, that's what I'll say. So, so I just I like said, what you said. This is, a, this is actually a great comeback since Carr dropped this on you. Wish he would have answered the real question. Right. He didn't. But you decided. Answer the question. You decided As McEnroe would say, jerk. That. I'm not calling Derek Carr a jerk. I'm just being accurate on the John McEnroe. Mm-hmm. Screaming at the uh, the judge. Side judge or the, the chair ump, whatever the hell they're called. You decided to quote that tweet, I believe, with the salty dude. I gave you a little the- salty. You're still salty so from salty. last week when Carr accused you of dancing around a real question. And uh, guess what? There he is, Twinkle Toe's car. He danced around Gutierrez's question. He really did. He really did. But Basachi addressed it today, which we'll get to. What did he say? Get to it right now. He said, and off the top of my oh, head. Oh, boy. I was All right, to we'll it. look it up. Play. I was listening to it. To give me, give me, some, to give me some Francesa. We'll come back. I want to hear what Basachi <laughs> said about about what happened with uh, <laughs> dancing on, as it turned out, their own freaking graves. That, that, that one, I'll tell you what, Chiefs fans – like that a lot. They may have liked the <laughs> dancing on the Chiefs logo in the middle of the field more than the bus going around the stadium, which is freaking very hard to accomplish. 
Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 2. It's a refi rated Nova Home Loans with interest rates at all time lows. Now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. One thing I will say is um, I always have my teammates back. And, uh, you know, I will forever have their back. And if that's what we're doing, that's what we're doing. And um, that's what I'll say. Hanging at Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football, it's Cofield and Company. Come Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. Xing and Xing and all his reindeers blowing on the range. Bells are ringing, children singing, all is merry and bright. So hang your stockings and say your prayers, cause Santa Claus comes tonight. Are we shooting reindeers on this? What's going on here? Weird stuff. Weird stuff. I'll give everyone a heads up. Hopefully, uh, Ari will remember to uh, put this on the tease board. Check out Santa Inc. I think it's something that Adam Hill and I need to speak about tomorrow. Um, could be a holiday classic. Lots of cussing. I'll just leave it at that. That's, I a, that's a day I ahead K. tease. Ari? Is that Ari? with a C or a K at the end? Santa C. Incorporated or? A C. Okay, there's a lot in that Derek Carr comment. There were a couple of Derek Carr comments yesterday. Raiders coming off a 48-9 loss. They get trounced. The effort didn't look great in the fourth quarter. The numbers on Carr, not good. Carr went after you last week for, I think he was alleging that, that you danced around a question. He, well, he seemed to be dancing around some answers. That answer on the way back about the whole thing on the beginning of the field uh, it didn't sound like he approved of that. Yeah, no, he, it did not. He, which now he will say, I'm sure. Don't put words in my mouth. I guess the response would be, well, then state the clearly, state clearly what you mean. It doesn't sound like you approved of dancing on the logo before the game. So what did Basachi say? We just spent the entire break looking that up. He just said that he didn't know about it. He left to head toward the end zone, and the players went toward the middle of the field. It happened. He discussed it with some of the players. It will be discussed in the team meeting tomorrow. Um, and for him, warm-ups are done. It's, you leave the field normal. Um, he understands the other team's point of view, and it, sure, it certainly could have fired them up. So we've had this ongoing battle in Raider Nation between car stands and car not fans. Decent way to put it, right? There are car detractors over the years. Yeah. In the Raider fan base, but there are a lot of car stands who defend him, especially in the offseason before a season unfolds. They will defend him with every ounce of their being. And I've seen a lot of those people have started to jump ship. Are they wrong? Was that a game yesterday where you look at it and you're like, you know, Derek Carr was one of the biggest problems? Personally, I don't think that he was one of the biggest problems. The mistakes that he may have made were because – he was under duress, and I know that last week after the football team game, um, Basaccia had said, and if you remember, we've talked about this, Steve. I've said there's a lot of subliminal messages in some of these quotes that we get after games. Last week, Basaccia is saying, you know, we have to learn to how to come up with a play. We have to find a play. We have to uh, make a play even when we're on, or we have to make a throw. Is this during a play or before the play? A little of both? 
Well, he was ta- the way I read Basaccia's quote after the Washington football team game was, we have to find plays, Greg Olson, we have to make plays, catch plays when people are on us, receiving core, and we have to make plays under duress, Derek Carr. You're not calling anybody out, but, I mean, the writing's on the wall. Yesterday, Derek Carr was visibly frustrated and upset in his quotes in saying, you know, he stopped himself a couple of times where he started to talk and then stopped. He said, I, I got a lot of things on my mind. I'm thinking a lot of things, but he didn't go into what he was thinking, but he said, I know who I can trust. So basically what you're saying is you also know who you can't trust. There are guys that you can't trust. By saying that you know who you can trust, I think you're saying that you know who you can't, right? So, but here's the thing. I'm not putting too much, as much as a lot of people are on car yesterday because a lot of those throws, (coughs) excuse me, were made. He threw on a dime. He threw some tough passes. Kansas City's defense, as much as we knocked it earlier in the season, has improved dramatically. I thought Carr did what he could, you know. Um, we, now, we've we've used that word elite how many times this season? So if you take one of those five elite guys, would they have done better in the same situation? I don't know, to be honest with you, because, like I said, he was under a lot of pressure a lot of times. I think as collectively – the team could have done better, but I'm not putting this one on Carr altogether. Carr didn't. Carr wasn't on the defensive side of the ball trying to stop Mahomes from building up a five touchdown lead at halftime or whatever it was. What's he got to do with that? What's he got to do with the defense slowing down the Chiefs? What happened to the edge rushers we've been bragging about? Don't forget that this is an injury plagued team. I'm not. I'm totally not using the injuries as an excuse. That's not why they got blindsided, but. You're missing the cornerstone of Carr's receiving core. Hunter Renfro's been playing his ass off for three straight weeks. Darren Waller, injured. Middle linebacker Denzel Perryman, one of the leading tacklers. He's been leading the team in tackling for X amount. He's out. So a lot of missing components to the team. Also going into the two-time defending AFC champion that's trying to win its sixth AFC West division title. That's improving down the stretch. Uh, I'm not putting this one on Carr. Sorry. Putting it on the entire team completely. And you know where it starts? With the coaching staff. The coaching staff has to do a better job. Domestic drafts under 4 bucks and appetizers for $2, $4, and $6. All at Twin Peaks. I mean, the fumble, you know, trumps it all. Like I said last week, it doesn't matter how many catches I have or how many yards. If we lose the game, then you can never say you have a great game if you lost the game. You can always do more. You can always get better. We just got to reflect on how to be a better receiver, how to be a better teammate, how to be a better leader, and, um, you know, hopefully we'll do that. Now, back to Cofield and Company, live at Twin Peaks. Voice of Hunter Renfro, 13 catches, 117, blah, 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 right? He's had three really good games in the absence of established receivers, Darren Waller down again. It was a mess yesterday. I don't know if Renfro was out there dancing on the logo, but that seemed to be a mistake. It was embarrassing. Throughout the uh, rest of the first half as they fell down 35-3. to I don't remember the score because the field goal irked so many people, I just wiped it from my freaking memory. Wasn't it 38-3? Was it 38? What is the difference? Let's look it up. Hmm-hmm-hmm. <laughs> They were, they were, they, it was, it was, it was a disaster. Bloody ugly. Cause I know that, uh, we were going back and forth, a few of us behind 
the scenes on if there was going to be a shutout. Didn't get that. Pretty damn close. Uh, Joe Valerio does a podcast on the uh, Believe Network. Former Chief. I'm sure he was laughing. Maybe all the way to the bank. I don't know if anyone bet the Chiefs yesterday. You should have. Joe, how you doing, buddy? Hey, Steve. Hey, Willie. How are you guys? Uh, not that good. I'm, I not, guess not, I'm, yeah. I'm doing okay. Yeah, not that, not um, that good. I'm not a Raiders fan, but I, I hate to see bad yeah. football, and then I don't like to see what's happening afterwards where the Raiders are kind of unraveling uh, before our very eyes. But let's talk about the, uh, the Chiefs side of things first. Uh, first on the defense, what has been the big difference now for, you know, essentially five or six weeks they've really turned this thing around? Yeah, I mean, you know, again, going back to the game, and I'm, I got to say, thing I was talking with Ari, your producer, right before. I mean, look, I'm an objective football fan. Yeah, I cover the Chiefs. I play for the Chiefs. I love, I love the AFC West rivalries. I love the Chiefs Raiders rivalry. I, I would much rather have seen a, a three-point overtime victory, one way or the other, <laughs> to be honest, than to see something like that. Because I love the way the AFC West is going. You know, with the parity, and it's just great. It's great for football. It's great for great for the division but the, you know the, going back to your your question the Chiefs defense my god I I don't know Steve Spagnola just found the right blend of, of of personnel in the right spots with the right play calls against the right teams um he just seems to be clicking it this it, is this is historical for him this is if you go back and look historically through Steve Spagnola's resume and 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 his body of work it, it, it it's always come down to you know getting a getting a groove in the middle to the late part of the season when the team's, you know, he gets things clicking. Um, he gets the team playing well together as a unit. So I give him credit for that. I mean, it's tough to bear in the beginning of the season when you're like, come on, like, is this defense, you know, is this defense for real? Like they went out and made, you know, they picked up Jaron Reed. They got Matthew coming back off a great season. They're, they're, they're improving at linebacker. They're moving Chris Jones to his more natural position at defensive end. And like, it just took a little while, um, you know, for, I guess, for it to all come together. Joe, what I find impressive is, you know, the defense has held opponents to 17 or less in seven of the last eight games, and that's great. But usually, not that it's not a concern, but you, this team has been able to depend on a high-powered offense. What we've seen during a 7-1 run and the six-game win streak is that even in a low-scoring game, it's the balance they beat the Giants 20-17, to not an impressive Giants team. They beat the Packers, you'd think two offensive juggernauts, 13-7. to The Dallas Cowboys, 19-9. to They host Denver, an AFC West opponent, who's not supposed to have an offense. The Raiders are, and they put 22 points up. They're getting it done with a balanced attack because of the defense, and it's not necessarily they, – they're not showing that they need that high-octane offense. No, and what it's finally doing, it's giving Patrick Mahomes the confidence to not outplay himself. You know, I mean, that was my biggest thing going into this, you know, this, well, before the stretch started, you know, before this little streak here uh, came about, is that he was just, he had no confidence in the defense. I mean, look, I'm, I'm not in his head, I'm, I'm, I'm conjecturing, but... I, I don't think he had any confidence in defense, and he was just trying to do too much. He's forcing stuff. He's making plays. He does no right to him. He's a great athlete. He's got a great arm. He's just, the game is so slow for him. Like Everything just happens in slow motion. He's everything you want in a quarterback, but he was just pushing too hard, and he was trying to win games himself. I mean, without, you know, without a real balanced you know, running attack, without you know, um, 
he just, he just, he was just, he was just pushing. He was pushing the envelope, and and it was causing them to really struggle. And I think now, I think he's starting to find his groove. That he's finding some confidence in this defense and and the way that they're playing. And I don't have to win this game myself. We can run the ball. You know, we can hand the ball off. You know, twenty five, thirty times to a bevy of of runners, right? And and you know, it, it's been. It's been it's been run by committee for them. I mean, it's 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 Gore, it's Edwards Alaire, it's Daryl Williams, it's you know, it's it's the receivers on the jet sweeps. It's like he runs the ball, you know, Patrick runs the ball a little bit here and there when he gets into trouble. So I think he's you know, I think he's found that, you know, and I think uh, Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid have sort of looked and said, hey, you know what, we can actually win ball games by controlling the clock. You know, they finally you know finally took took uh, some stock in, in time of possession, right? And the fact that if you hold the ball longer than the other teams, chances are you're going to win. You know, I look back to, you know, when that, that they had the ball, like, against the, um, you know, when, when they lost uh, earlier in the season to uh, it was either Buffalo or Tennessee. I think it was the Tennessee game. And, you know, the Chiefs had the ball for, like, nine minutes in the first half. And I used to joke, like, Vince Lombardi's Packers from the 60s couldn't win, win a ball game with nine minutes you know, nine minutes of, of time of possession in a half. So they're, they're starting to see that this balance thing actually kind of works. It doesn't have to be this magical offense, you know, this unicorn offense that, that wins games. Joe Valerio is with us. He played for the Chiefs, helping us break down the uh, Chiefs whooping of the Raiders on Sunday. It was 48-9 to final. You can hear his podcast, Believe in Chiefs. It's on the Believe Podcast Network. You can uh, follow him on Twitter at Joe Valerio. 73. So, in general, what do you see when you watch the Raiders? Uh, I see a team that's just disjointed. You know, I, I know they're putting a lot of they're putting a lot of uh, stock in what Derek can do. And, and look, he's a good quarterback, man. He's a he's got he's got the arm. You know, he 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 makes he makes good decisions. I, you know, obviously they're banged up in a couple of spots. You know, not not having Darren Waller is you know that was that's that's crazy. He's my He's my fantasy uh, tight end, by the way, um, and and I was really hoping for for big things out out of him this season. And you know, not having him as that sort of you know, po- I call him like uh, I call these big tight ends like they're like the centers you post up in basketball, right? Yeah. Just post him up and 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 let other players just you know bounce off of him, and, and that's what he was doing. I I thought I was expecting so much out of Josh Jacobs, and he was always my biggest fear factor. When I would go, whenever the Chiefs would play the Raiders, I always worry if Josh Jacobs gets going and he gets cranking, like that was that's always been the Chiefs' Achilles' heel, right? Is, is is time of possession and and losing in the run battle, and you know that hasn't really panned out. I, I, I guess you can blame a little bit on a makeshift, banged up offensive line that that doesn't help. I, there just doesn't seem to be chemistry. If I had to put one thing on it, guys, I, I just don't see. Like they're playing for each other. Um, is that? Are you seeing the same things? Because you watch them play a lot more than I do. You watch them week in and week out. I get to you know watch them pre pre Chiefs and maybe a game here and there. But are, are you seeing the same things too? Are you seeing that like it just doesn't seem like they're playing for each other? Well, to be honest with you, being out there, um, you know, throughout the week and then covering the home games for myself. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily that they're not playing for one another. I think that it's that they just don't know what they're playing for. I don't think that they have – I mean, the you have a goal you want to make as of the postseason, but I don't think from 
day to day, week to week, game by game, that there's a there's a purpose in terms of specific goals and how to handle things because of this coaching staff. And I'm not knocking the coaches themselves. I'm talking about the situation that they've been thrust into after the Gruden uh, email scandal. And then they experience other stuff, and I I get it. But as they told us, media members, hey, um, we're professionals. We have to get through this. This is adversity. You know, not that this is a normal thing that all teams go through, but we we will we're professionals. Okay, so they won a couple of games when Greg Olson started calling the plays, but teams started figuring them out, and that got old. Um, the one thing that you said you said to me in terms of, or you said to us, is you know that it seems like it's a disjointed team, but you expected so much, and you think that there was so much. Do you think that this pregame celebration, knowing how important the rivalry, that that's grasping at straws, they're trying anything possible to maybe build that chemistry? Because that just seems like a silly, ignorant move that you just don't do against the five-time division defending division champ, two-time conference champ. I, I yeah, that that whole thing with the, the the bulletin board fodder and the emotional roller coaster that you go on with that with that kind of activity is that's not the Raiders that I know. You know, when I look back, I think back. You know, I hear the autumn wind and John Facenda, and you know, I hear that song and I think of the Howie Longs and the Ted Hendricks, and I even go back to you know to to, to my days in in the nineties and you know when Howie was towards the end of his career and. You know, Nolan Harrison, and they, they were just tough guys who would just, they, they'd punch you right in the chin and say, let's go. Like, it was like a rumble, right? And it's like an old-fashioned 1950s Jets, you know, uh, you know, West Side Story rumble, right? And, and, and I, that's, that's what this team seems like it's missing. It's that, that, that whole, uh, you know, the, the victory lap and, the, and the, the, the speech on the logo, like, to me, you're right. That's trying to capture something that is unnatural to what this Raiders, the weight that this Raiders team carries in general, right? Because this team carries a lot of weight. It's a, that te- that the Raiders organization is, a, is a, a team with a lot of gravity, and I call them NFL royalty, and it's a shame that there, you know, these things are happening happening off the field. You know, Gruden thing doesn't help. The Rugs thing doesn't help. Like everything that is happening isn't helping because that's while the Raiders of old that built this tradition of of being the Raiders, right? Just it's, it's all you have to say is the Raiders. They they they're trying to manufacture it, and that's you just can't. That that doesn't work. That, that doesn't work either. You either are or you aren't. It can't be made. And that's and that's frustrating because I miss those I miss those old Raiders. I miss hearing the autumn wind. Once again, talking to Joe Valerio, former Kansas City Chief, and you can uh, check out his podcast, host of Believe in, in Chiefs on the Believe Podcast Network. Um, so you've seen a lot, Joe. You've seen a lot this season. You've seen the Browns. You've seen the Ravens. You've seen the Chargers. You've seen the Bills. You've seen the Titans. A lot of AFC teams. The way that this Kansas City Chiefs team is coming on strong, now riding a six-game win streak. There are a couple of other teams out there you can make an argument. The New England Patriots, got a pretty good Mm -hmm. coach there. Um, There are some good AFC teams. Right now, who is the best team in the AFC? I mean, if you had to just look at the last six, seven weeks and and the body of work that, you know, teams are putting together – 
and sort of the momentum that some of them are creating. And it, it what it does is I try, that's what I try to do. I, I, I'm kind of like a, a momentum person. I'm a big fan of momentum. And, you know, while you might look at the Ravens being eight and five and the Chiefs being nine and four, I, I just think the momentum's not there. Um, I think the Browns have too many issues. I, to be honest, even though, you know, I know the, the, the Titans have, have sort of seemingly fixed maybe some of the things that, that they, they were looking at, but they just, you know, it was the Jaguars. So it wasn't as if, you know, I just, I, what I saw over the last three weeks prior to that Jags game, I just am not seeing it from the Titans the way that I felt in the beginning of the season. And, you know, without Derrick Henry, could, can they sustain, you know, if he doesn't make it back, can they sustain it? So in, in essence, the long answer to a short question, I, I think it's the Chiefs and the Patriots. I, been so unimpressed with the Bills, um, I, you know. And it, after they put that whooping on the Chiefs, I was like, "Oh well, there goes the Chiefs' season." I was like, "The Bills, the Bills are going to run away with this." But hey, you know, you got to, it's a seventeen-game season now. We got to contend with. I got one extra game to try to maneuver through here, and, and how this momentum thing is going to go. And I, I think it's really going to come down to you know how the Chiefs can finish out this AFC West schedule that they have and uh, what they can do against against the Bengals who aren't hapless but they're not you know they're not uh, NFL royalty at this point and I think I think it's going to end up you know the AFC is going to end up going to be end up the Patriots and the Chiefs I think they're going to be the ones that are going to one of those two teams will represent the AFC in the Super Bowl I think I feel like we skipped over someone and maybe this is me not being objective because I live with a Chargers fan and she talks my ear off about Justin Herbert (laughs) and my god yesterday before the half I forget who was uh, on the game on the national call, but they're like, there's only one quarterback in the league who can do what Justin Herbert just did. Uh, he hooked up for a 15-on-yarder before the end of the half. I think it traveled 63 yards in the air. Very Mahomes-like. I didn't hear anything, Joe, about the Chargers being in the way. Did you? I mean, I t- that's worse, that's that's worse than way, stopping though? on the logo. Doesn't that always seem to be the AFC West? It's like, you know, Raiders, Broncos, Chiefs. Oh, yeah, the Chargers, right? Because I go, I always go back to my days even growing up, right? We, you know, I grew up in Philly, and we didn't get a whole lot of AFC action, you know, here on the East Coast. And it was always NFC East stuff. And, uh, and, and um, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, those, uh, those Don Coriel, Dan Fouts teams that would win or lose like 52 to 51, right? They put up 51 points, and then they'd lose 52 to 51. Uh, yeah, the Chargers, they do kind of, you're right, they do kind of like fall through the cracks a little bit. Well, listen, here, here's the thing. I may have missed it. I may have missed it. Guess what? We only have, what, three days uh, to yes. see. To see. We've got a short week for both teams. It's going to test the mettle of both teams, uh, coming, both coming off of pretty, you know, pretty dominant wins. Um, and I think this is, I, to me, this, this could be the AFC West championship game. I know those don't exist. Because uh, I know you got to play the whole seventeen before you can declare a, a division winner, but I, I think this game is probably you're right, the AFC West Division Championship game on Thursday. So you're right, that's a great point. I, I, I didn't even think about that, but that's typical of the Chargers; they, they fall under the radar. I just haven't. I, I just as a Chiefs fan and, and watching them, I, I I always worry so much more about the Broncos and the Raiders than I do the Chargers. I don't know why. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? Well, terrible. You know, here, here's reality, though. Moving forward, until the Raiders, if Carr's the guy, then maybe Carr's the guy. Uh, but until the Raiders and the Chargers have their franchise quarterback in place who's going to be here for the next six or seven years, it's going to be the Chargers and the Chiefs because Herbert gives the Chargers 
a, an opportunity to be freaking competitive for the next 10 years, just, you know, barring any injuries, just like the Chiefs. That, I mean, that's so much of this begins and ends at that top position. Oh, it's where it all starts. I mean, I don't care what anybody says. You know, I know defense, what's, what's the old saying? Defense wins championships, offense wins games. I get it. But look, let's just historically go back to you, you could pull up, you know, the Super Bowl winners of the last X amount of years in the modern era. And every one of them had, you know, not everyone. I shouldn't say 80. Almost everyone. Maybe, Almost everyone. Yeah. You're right. Just had that it factor at quarterback. And, and, and not always, you know, not always somebody who's, you know, a combine superstar or somebody that's going to win the QB challenge at Pro Bowl week, right? I mean, you know, you want somebody who's you're going to be able to surround a team with that can that can make things happen. You know, look, Tom Brady, right? 60 touchdowns, no interceptions. Like, I don't care what anybody says. He's a game manager. He, he, he makes good decisions the vast majority of the time. Coaches always find a good supporting cast around him. He, he basically found this cast himself in Tampa as, like, Tom Brady GM. Uh, so, you know, that's what you need. I mean, it, it really does. You're right. You're absolutely right. It all comes down to the quarterback position, right? What, what can you do at that position to put your team in the best chance to succeed, whether you've got to have to have a fourth quarter comeback or you need to score, you know, at the end of the half? Like, you just need somebody who's going to help you put up points. And, uh, and, yeah, like, like the Chiefs have done it over the course of the last three or four years with Patrick and not really having a Derrick Henry or a Josh, you know, a, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Josh Jacobs. I must say Josh Gordon because I, I got him on my brain because I thought that was actually a really good pickup for the Chiefs. But, but um, you know, they don't have a job. They never, you know, it's been a long time since, you know, they had a Kareem Hunt or, or somebody like that. And Patrick never really has, you know, for all, for all intents and purposes. He's done it with a bevy of, you know, a stable of running backs by committee. And, um, yeah, I mean, i got to agree with you. It all, it all tends to come down to the QB position. Joe, we appreciate it. Uh, everyone in Vegas, I'm sure it's uh, kind of sickening if you're not a Chiefs fan. You don't want to hear Chiefs talk about it. But, you know what, yeah. moving forward with the Raiders out, you may want to look to uh, listen to some uh, playoff teams uh, coming up here. Uh, Believe in Chiefs, Believe Podcast Network. Joe Valerio played for the Chiefs. Joe, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, my pleasure, guys. Have a good night, Steve. Willie, happy holidays to you. And, you know, hopefully we hear the autumn wind and, and the voice of John to send it before uh, too too soon here in, in, in Raider country. I hope so. I hope so. Thanks, Joe. All right. See you guys. There he is, Joe Valerio. All right, we got breaking news. 37 players tested positive today in the NFL for COVID. Are they all actual positives? Because there's some false positives out there. That could affect the Rams game tonight. And uh, Joe just mentioned, and good job by Ari seeing this, giving us the heads up producer extraordinaire that uh, Josh Gordon with that touchdown yesterday now he has tested positive join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas Raiders will take a time out here why (laughs) I guess to try to give them some time after they give up a score (laughs) that's the best laugh I've got for the big fella today you know what I'm saying I didn't even know how to come back from that one yeah I'm right there with you Uh, at Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football. It's Cofield and Company. Need a pick-me-up, right? Brent, Lincoln Kennedy laughing a little bit. Here's a pick-me-up. According to the RJ, it is now official. The Super Bowl will be here in Las Vegas, so we get another one of the big payoffs from uh, the billion dollars plus we spent in public money. 
on the stadium and the roads around it. Super Bowl coming. 2024. So we are going to fill that hole that was vacated by New Orleans. New Orleans had a conflict. Remember, NFL goes to 17 games. Super Bowl gets pushed back from February 4th to February 11th. So now we have it. Yeah. We can host it 2024. You don't sound surprised. I mean, if it's. I don't know. The handwriting was on the wall. I'm just telling you, the RJ just reported it's official. uh, Pending approval from the owners. The owners are meeting this week. I know uh, Ed Graney is out all week uh, covering both the Browns this weekend and then the the meetings around the owners. So you'll get more information on that coming up. But Super Bowl, Vegas, 2024. Yeah, and it's bookends because next year, 2022, we get the makeup from covid year so we got the nfl draft coming which if anybody that's paid attention is an extravaganza in its own right they were going to shut down the strip portions of the strip remember they were going to have the the draftees on the boat coming across the bellagio making the walk caesars the link all that stuff so i can only imagine what they're going to plan for 2024 but it will be huge we've been talking about for the last month how how impressed we've been with the sports in this town, um, be it big-time college basketball, the NFL, the Golden Knights, everything else that's coming between UNLV, the Las Vegas Bowl, so on and so forth. But now, I think, Steve, this is the crowning achievement in terms of, and I think this is going to open the door, even though I think we already knew this, that we're going to see a regional at some point with women's basketball. I think that we're going to see the Final Four and National Championship eventually come here. I think now that the 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 biggest event on the biggest stage, on the biggest or just off the biggest road, arguably, right, Las Vegas Boulevard, right. somewhat opens the door for anything and everything else to come here. It's funny. You and I are sharing a brain. Uh, next opening, I think, because they haven't announced too many – of the CFP title games coming up. You know, we'll actually, we could be the, we'll step in for the first year that you actually have a real tournament. Uh, we'll host the CFP title game at the Al on January 6, 2025. And then you can put the final four here in 2026. How about that? So Every year we need to, we should have some championship game. And tomorrow, check that Wednesday, when they approve of Vegas to get the 2024 Super Bowl. Uh, they also need to announce that we are one of the six cities that is always in the rotation. Let's go. Absolutely. Well, that's going to happen. It'll be a natural – it's a natural progression. Let's let's face it. Climate-wise, city-wise, I mean, it's 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 going to become the L.A., the Miami. It's Vegas will be, without a doubt, in a six-year rotation. You think SoFi will be in the rotation? Yes. Absolutely. Will SoFi host Final Fours? Why not? Why not? Not closed. Not closed. They better come up with a way to put up some uh, little banners and stuff on the end there. Some temporary partitions. No. How about this? Can't have wind in a basketball arena, my They'll friend. figure it out. We've, we don't have any wind. As, By the way, they're never going to open the Lanai doors. That's as why. Wesley Snipes. <laughs> that's, that's why. As Wesley Snipes told Woody Harrelson, <laughs> you got to count for the left, a little bit to the right. So there you go. Super Bowl 2024 coming to Vegas. It uh, will be official, official, official 
we think, on Wednesday. Ice cold 29 degree beer for under $4 and cheap appetizers all game long. Get down here to Twin Peaks.